0: everybody, welcome to another episode of the Blue Your the Podcast. My name is Saint. And I'm Jim. And uh, we want to welcome you back. Uh, thanks for listening, thanks for uh, coming along on this journey with us. Uh, Jim, I'd ask you how you're doing, but prior conversations before we started recording uh, kind of indicated where you're going to go with that, but uh, let's ask for your uh, shits and giggles. How you doing?
1: Well, I'll keep it short and I'll spare you the gory details, but I am fighting some food poisoning today. No idea what I ate. Absolutely no idea whatsoever, but whatever it was, it uh, there's about as much disagreement in there as there is in the uh, the George Conway and uh, Kellyanne Conway home, just fighting it out all the time. But, you know, it's uh, it's okay. It's okay. The worst seems to have passed. I was able to grab some uh, anti-nausea medications, so, uh, you know, uh, and if I need to puke on the microphone, at least I know you're, you're pretty swift with the editing finger, so it, it should be okay. <laughs> Oh yeah, great! Yeah,
0: just give me some more work. To yeah, everybody. doing awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, me, I'm having a, a real good day actually. Uh, for once, uh, I spent the entire weekend in the recording studio with my band, and uh, uh, my part finished, wrapped up about an hour ago as of recording, and uh, I'm super excited. I can't wait. This guy's really good at at, at heavy metal uh, producing, and so. I'm really interested to see. I mean, just the samples alone that he sent us so far of what he's got is has been uh, breathtaking, at least to me. Well, yeah. I've heard,
1: speaking of breathtaking, I've heard your vocals, and you're a brave man for doing what you do in the studio, and then coming in here an hour later and trying to jump on the microphone and make uh, make something happen with your voice. So, uh, oh, no, yeah, I'm, all due respect for that.
0: I hit everything in one take
1: today. It was friggin' brilliant. I love it. I hit everything in one. I screw you.
0: <laughs> don't be hate.
1: One take, Charlie. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> hate. I don't hate. It's just. It's just. It's all based on pure envy. It's not hatred.
0: Oh yeah, so. But I mean, I had like an overdose, a rampant overdose of coffee this morning, so that might explain why I'm so chipper, anyways. So.
2: That's it. I'm getting a hundred cups of coffee starting now. Of course I've been up all night. Not because of caffeine. It was insomnia. I couldn't stop thinking about coffee. I need a nap. <laughs> coffee time.
0: Um, but, uh, well, like I said, we want to thank you guys for coming back and listening to another episode. Again, if you want to find us, uh, there's a couple different ways you can do that. You can hit us up on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash feelyourfandom. You can find us in our Gmail,
1: which is feelyourfandom at gmail.com. The backup Gmail address, as always, is fyftalentbooking at gmail.com, and that's where you want to send your show suggestions, guest suggestions, especially if they're you, and your pie recipes, because we're gathering those together for a potential future episode. And if you want to check out the latest and greatest episodes, they are always posted at fuelyourfandom.buzzsprout.com, before they are syndicated out to your favorite podcast platforms like iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and all of the places where you get find podcasts including ours that is correct and also we are ramping up our
0: charitable donation season with the fuel the future charity organization that we are putting together Uh, that is just about ready to launch in earnest Uh, our graphic designer is getting back bits of the artwork to me now and it is absolutely stunning I can't wait to show all of you what that looks like but if you would care to make a donation To put reading material in the hands of the uh, underprivileged youth that can't afford it themselves you can hit us up on venmo at fuel your fandom you can hit us up on cash app or paypal fuel your fandom we made it easy because i need things simple i'm a simple simon so uh but we want to welcome back to the program i guess we've had a number of times and and as we were telling him before we started recording, he surpassed the level of being a guest on the podcast, and now he's just a friend, and we'd like to Aww. bring him on board every time we talk about uh, one of my favorite subjects, uh, Star Trek, and so we'd like to welcome to the podcast, uh, co-host of the Mission Log Podcast for com, Mr. John
2: Champion. John, how you doing, buddy? Hey, thank you so much. I mean, uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm uh, hopefully not going to puke on my mic. <laughs> uh, so you know, Jim, leave that to you. And uh, and I was not singing today, so hopefully my my voice will be all right. But yeah, uh, you, your you dulcet tones
1: was golden as ever, old chum. You sound Well, great. thank you, thank you. And uh,
2: <laughs> Kevin, you sound uh, mighty fine. So well, yeah. thank you. Oh, you say such yeah. wonderful things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Pleasure to be here, though. Thank you uh, for the invitation. I'll get you the check for that. Just let me know. thanks.
2: Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> sometimes you got to pay
0: for the good press um but uh so how you been john Uh, what's been going on with you
2: i'm doing good i mean i have been very busy i I was gone for a week i was in vegas for the big uh, star trek convention there um although well we don't call it star trek anymore we call it the 55 year mission convention um it it was uh, no longer a licensed product of cbs uh but it it was great Uh, you know despite uh well-founded, well-placed concerns, a lot of people who had dropped out for very good reasons. Uh, It was still a a safe and well-attended event, and I worked my ass off for six days straight, and I came back home, and I've been trying to catch up ever since, you know? (laughs) Seems to be the nature of the beast. Yeah, 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 I mean, between that and then, you know, doing Mission Log and doing Trek Files and doing Mission Log Live and doing a daily show, Sci-Fi 5, It's been a lot on my plate lately, but... uh, And then we lit you up, and
1: you're like, yeah, sure, I could do one more podcast. Yeah, whatever, you know, at
2: least this one is (laughs) relatively easy. I get to come on, and you do the hard work, you ask the questions, (laughs) I just run my mouth and then hit stop when you tell me to hit stop. I mean, yeah, why not? Well, we
1: sincerely appreciate you making time for us, as always, so uh, we'll try not to eat up too much of it, and we wanted to uh, just launch into what we wanted to talk about today, and because... uh, I, during these Trek episodes, find myself in a sort of listening and learning capacity most of the time. Mm. I mean, some of the concepts involved, yes, but I always admit sort of with shame in, in present company that um, the, the Trek boat largely missed me. Uh, obviously, it is uh, a huge part of the popular culture, and I have seen much about it, but, uh, you know, y- you guys put me to shame. So every time we talk about these things, um, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in where necessary. And I'm sure a lot of people are probably cool. really happy to, oh, it's an episode where that guy's not going to talk so much. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll lay back a little bit and I'll let you guys do your thing. But um, yeah, t- today we wanted to talk about, and I'm going to shoot it over to Kevin in a second. But we wanted to talk about something that we've kind of touched on a little bit in previous episodes. Not even just in, in Trek-focused episodes, but we sort of uh, we had an episode a little bit ago called "Your Universe Alternative," where we talked about. Um, some things in pop culture and also some things in popular science that have to do with alternative realities. And in that episode, in the course of recording it, and,
0: yeah, multiverses kind of like
1: Marvel is doing right now and quantum physics and all that happy horse shit. So we had a moment during the, that episode where we thought to ourselves, you know, we really should do a capsule episode on the Mirror Universe in Star Trek because it really is kind of... Uh, one of those those examples that a lot of people point to whenever they're trying to come up with some way to describe what we're talking about when we talk about alternative universes. And that's when Saint was like, yeah, we probably need to give John a buzz on that one because I'm sure it's one of those things that he's forgotten more about than we'll ever know.
2: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Right. And yeah.
1: and the and, and, and Mirror
0: Universe, uh, with Star Trek in particular, has become such a, uh, a vast point of uh, uh, media confluence I mean they use a lot of that the the tropes and everything that we've gained from uh, even just the one episode in the original TOS series uh, which was mirror mirror uh, a lot of the different bits of that have worked their way into uh, pop culture and, and and media for decades uh, like if, if you have a mirror universe duplicate they got to be evil and they got to have the mustache and the goatee and and, and things like just weird weird things like that that just keep cropping up and it has made that particular episode just something that is so uh, endemic in our culture uh and then uh, as we uh continue forward with star trek we didn't really touch on it very much in uh, canon versions of the next generation um but once we hit deep space nine it's like it opened the door back for it and it just kind of, they they opened the floodgates for it. Now, John, I know you, uh, mm-hmm. uh, as, as with, I've explained the Mission Log podcast to my listeners again previously, but why don't you kind of break down a little bit about what you guys do so it kind of gives you, uh, everyone, just an idea of uh, your cred in regards to how you analyze Star Trek.
2: Yeah, I mean, very simply, uh, Rod Roddenberry, who is Gene Roddenberry's son, Uh, He had been working on a documentary about his father, and then after he'd finished that, said, okay, well, the next step is to analyze Star Trek, because he had not grown up watching the show in earnest. So, obviously, he knew of it, um, but it really wasn't something forced on him by his parents. He was more of a Star Wars kid, but, you you know, sheerly by sort of inheriting the company and being around people and fans who always said, your father's show changed my life, It was time to investigate what the show did and what the show was about. So he asked me and at the time my co-host Ken Ray to create the show with his guidance to go episode by episode from the beginning in series order. So we're not in in strict chronological release order, but in series order. Right, because that'd be a nightmare. Yeah, it would be crazy. There there are so many good reasons to not do it. And yet people argued with us like, no, 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 you you have to, or else you miss out. Like, we're, we're fine. We're fine. (laughs) Um, but then go episode by episode and figure out what are those, what we call the three M's, the morals, meanings, messages, what are the intended messages? What are sometimes the unintended messages of a show? And does it hold up? You, You can get into some difficult places where maybe Production values sink a show or writing can sink a show that has a good idea behind it Um, We actually there was one we just did on DS9 um, uh, Chrysalis uh, which will be out the week that we are recording this show for you um, Where we just felt like okay, they're they're trying to do something here. They're trying to push for the doctor's uh, story and character but They have botched it at every possible turn, and the production value, the writing on it is just so clunky that it can't help but not hold up, which is strange for nearing the end of DS9, and that's a show that overall is very well made, very well produced, certainly the actors are great but then you just come across an episode and you go, oh my God, I can't even give you the benefit of the doubt on this one, you know? So, um, but, but that's the idea, it's, you know, to go episode by episode, try to treat it dispassionately, try to treat it as if it's new. So we just look at it on its own and figure right. out what's happening here. You know, I, I, is it worth, is it worth all the praise Star Trek gets to say this is a life-changing show? Or is it more of a throwaway kind of little sliver of sci-fi? And Star Trek is so vast that there's a little bit of all of that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And and that's been kind of one of my joys as far as, like, once uh, I was introduced to the Mission Log podcast, thanks really by Jim here, and and that was for our initial interview that we did, Um, I have since devoured every single episode that you guys have done. I'm happy wow. to say as of last week I am caught up um, except wow. with the exception of the uh, of the live episodes and the supplemental episodes which I'm sure. working my way through now but uh, as far as the episodic episodes for the Star Trek uh, yeah. examination uh, I, I've caught up on and and so that's something like, oh, I've heard your voice in my ear holes for something about 420 <laughs> hours plus. And oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah it's, that's, it's, that's it's a really neat thing mean. to go from, uh, mm-hmm. from being uh, research uh, and doing the research for this uh, uh, to just becoming an actual Died in the Wolf fan. And I, I have to say, I am a fan of what you do. Uh, it is Thank something you. that I've thought a great deal about. And, and I never realized how much I needed to listen to that kind of thing until Mm -hmm. I discovered it. And I think that's the wonderful thing about podcasting is is you get to find these uh, deep dives that, you know, maybe this wouldn't be a very entertaining uh, television show on a weekly basis because you're just, Mm -hmm. you know, breaking something down and and going real granular and real nerdy with it. But uh, uh, maybe it wouldn't be something that would uh, captivate enough people on a a television platform. And that's not to say anything bad about uh, what you guys do. It's absolutely captivating to me. But you're able to find more of a, a, your concentrated core audience that way. I think.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're and, totally and, right. I mean, that that is the whole thing with podcasting, in particular, is that inch wide, mile deep mentality. You know, finding the topic, finding the angle, and just staying true to that. And that's why you know when we did have a lineup change in Mission Log. It still works because the format is solid, and what absolutely. it's about is just doing the research and. Kind of doing the prep work to be able to go record that show every week.
0: It doesn't help that, uh, or it doesn't hurt, I should say, that uh, Norm is kind of a big-ass
2: nerd too. So <laughs> See, he absolutely right is. There. Well, you know that—that that was the thing. We auditioned so many people for Mission Log, and that was the one that Rod said he sounds like he's been there since the beginning. And, and that was—I wouldn't and that was doubt it. it. I wouldn't doubt so, it at yeah. all. Yeah, I hear yeah.
0: him talk about episodes like of TNG and TOS when you guys mentioned concepts and things. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, if you didn't know that he wasn't there with you when you covered that episode, you wouldn't know, right? Because he's so right. versed in it and he's so uh, deep in the lore and deep in the in the knowledge yeah. of it that you just kind of just take it for face value and everything. And, and yeah. I love Ken and I love Norm mm-hmm. and I, I love Same. you and I appreciate everything that you guys do. Um. It's 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 really kind of neat to have this kind of a, a conversation with someone that I know has the deep well of knowledge that you guys do. So well, we're gonna uh, test it today. <laughs> so. well, and, uh, <laughs> we'll see. That's one of the things. is because I've listened to uh, every episode now. I've had the privilege, uh, if you want to call it that, of uh, having heard all of the different various episodes that they've encountered thus far. Of the Mirror Universe Trek uh, that has been discovered. Like I said, they didn't really touch on it much in Next Generation, uh, but in TOS we had the episode Mirror Mirror where all of this kind of uh, kicked off. Uh, uh, A bit of of a nod to it in the Tholian web, and we'll get to that here in a bit. But yeah, they, retroactively, they did
2: a, a, a nice job of tying that in, I thought, in Enterprise. Right, with yeah.
0: the Enterprise episodes. But then, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Deep Space Nine, we've got, what's it, one, two, three, four, uh, four episodes up to where you're at now, and then you guys are coming mm-hmm. up upon the last Deep Space Nine uh, journey into the mirror universe. Yeah, with, coming up um, really soon, actually. Uh, yeah. The Emperor's New Cloak. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is a Grand Nega Zek episode, and, and you gotta love it just for Wallace Shawn I swear to God. Right. And I get to hear yeah. Norm do his, uh, his Zek impression. His Zek impression? Oh my
2: god, he's ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, so, so
0: suffice it to say, I've heard your guys' opinions on the Mirror Universe, but we kind of wanted to uh, delve into it today and talk about how, yes, what started out is kind of a notable, uh, just kind of a, a way to examine the characters from a different lens. Has kind Mm -hmm. of maybe turned into a bit of a dependence issue. Uh, uh, Because, I mean, I think they took... uh, 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 Spoiler alert. I think they took kind of a a novel idea and and maybe stretched it just a little bit thin. And and I think we're still coming up on good ideas uh, through Discovery uh, with uh, the Mirror Universe. But again, Mm -hmm. it seems like we're falling into a pattern of... uh, uh, We found something that works, so we're going to beat it to death. Uh, What do you think about that? Uh, that,
2: That—that's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out why the interest and the emphasis is there on this. So there was one point where, if I'm not mistaken, uh, all of that discovery season would have taken place in the mirror universe. You know, we got what what was it—six out of the fifteen or seven out of the fifteen episodes there. Right, Um, the entire
0: latter half of, of season one.
2: Yeah, yeah, that, that all took place there with the reveal that one of our main characters had been from the Mirror Universe all along. So really, since the beginning of Discovery, here was this guy. Um, and I, I, I don't understand why somebody would come along, look at Star Trek, and go, that's the story we need to tell. Right. Um, because it seems like there's such a vast universe. And I, I felt the same way with, like... Uh, when you get up to the JJ Abrams movies, Star Trek 09 into darkness and uh, Star Trek beyond. Um, Star Trek 2009 was a good way to reinvent the franchise a little bit and right. say, okay, we're acknowledging what came before. Here's where we're splitting off. And now we get to tell our own story. But then as soon as you get to tell your own story, by the second movie, you retell another movie. And just because you're in an alternate timeline, think that you're clever and pat yourself on the back by changing up a few elements there. Right. And I, I looked at that and I go, well, why why do you think that just that one plot line, Khan, which was done once in the original series and one episode of Space Seed, and then once in Star Trek II, which is a great movie, why do you think that is Star Trek? And... Bob Orsi said to us in an interview, it's like, well, you can't have Batman without the Joker. And I thought, but is that what you think Star Trek is? Do you think it's Batman and the Joker? Because I'm here to tell you that the most popular Star Trek movie, commercially successful Star Trek movie up to that point, was Star Trek IV, the one with the whales. (laughs) Where there's not a bad guy, there's not a bad guy, it is the Mystery to be understood that then ties into our past and our future as a species inhabiting this planet. Right, the literal
0: Save the Whales message. The literal
2: Save the Whales movie, yeah. So it it was a little strange to me that 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 was the focus. Now, that's a little rambling uh, bit for me to get back to the, the Mirror Universe and say, why is it that anybody would look at Star Trek and go, we need to tell the story about the mirror universe. There's so much that needs to be explored there, that needs to be told. It's like saying Star Trek is about tribbles. We need to do half a season about tribbles. <laughs> and I, 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 you did one very good episode about tribbles, and there's a lot that that can be gleaned from that, uh, which a lot of people see as just kind of a light throwaway fun romp. I felt DS9 did a lovely job as a tribute to that in Trials and Tribulations cool but they they just sort of left it where it is it was this little sojourn this little exploration to see what if and then they got out of there Right. the the obsession with spending time in the mirror universe and let's face it we're talking about one mirror universe <laughs>
0: right one alternate reality one specific branching yeah. reality
2: yeah
1: which... that's the thing that we, we sort of touched on in the uh, your universal alternative episode that was not necessarily yeah. truck focused but sort of like had this general idea is that if you know anything about quantum physics and I don't but uh, just having a layman's understanding <laughs> Let's pretend yeah, of, yeah. yeah. Of 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 every act, every time you, you zig when you should have zagged in your life, and, it, and you, you yeah. make a choice or don't make a choice, it creates, in theory at least, this this branching reality where you did make that choice and things play out along a different timeline. So mm-hmm. at any given time, I could uh, I could sneeze right now and, and and blow some dust off the desk that could go and you know the whole butterfly effect thing, or yeah. I could not do that. So the idea that there are and a, a literally infinite number of universes being created or destroyed at any given moment, but we yeah. somehow. You seem to find our way back to this specific one every single time that this happens. Whether right. it's you know, a thin spot in the universe, whether it's you know we, we got knocked through a wormhole, whatever it is. Oh, hey, we're back in this, this one <laughs> single other alternate universe that we understand, that we've been to before, and yeah. the, the probability of that is, is, is more infinitesimal than, than it's inconceivable to mathematics and physics. But it, it does well, seem to keep happening.
2: And, and for some reason, they decided at a certain point to make it very easy to get back and forth to the mirror universe. Yeah, what was that, that
1: little uh, that little
0: device that Smiley carries yeah. around? The little transporter, right, right, right. You, you
2: have a little transporter magic doohickey that is, you know, smaller than a bread box, and it just <laughs> it allows you to jump through universes. Um,
0: Coincidence, Deus ex yeah.
2: machina. Yeah, yeah, You know, to to make it that easy and that inconsequential, uh, I felt took uh, a bit of the gravitas out of the whole idea of the mirror universe, but. But, but again, like, I, there are plenty of shows in science fiction and, and books and uh, uh, explorations of this idea that work, you know, to different degrees. I thought Sliders was a really smart show exploring that idea because then you oh, yeah. do latch on to this multi-universe aspect. Everywhere they go can be something entirely different. Um, they were great up until season three. I, I like yeah the yeah right 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 three yeah, and, and then it changed quite a bit yeah, um, uh, but you know uh, Holly who is part of the the mission log family Holly Amos uh, one of our co-hosts and she's worked with uh, CBS I think she and I were having this conversation trying to figure out when does the mirror universe actually begin because right. yeah in first contact you have this bit with Zephyr and shooting yeah the Vulcans they. they, they Planted that into the opening credits of Enterprise to, to show you, okay, here is this, here's your tip off that, that this is not the same universe, right? But they included other shots of other warlike instances in history to show this goes much, much further back. So we kept trying to figure out where is actually the split off point. And it's hundreds of years. It's it not just like, Here's Zephram Cochran suddenly gone bad. No, no, no. There was all the stuff that led up to that. Right. And the further back Star Trek tries to make its own origins about the mirror universe, to me, the worse it gets. Because now you've you just exponentially opened up all these other avenues for that story, that new history to have gone that make no sense. Why are the same people there? Why is the same technology there? Why is the same history there? Only evil. Um, (laughs) It, 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 when you have just one story like mirror mirror and that's it because it, it is a metaphor writ large, you allow your characters to go do their thing and make the statement at the end and you get out of there forever and ever. You just leave the audience to figure out, Hmm, is Spock actually redeemable in the mirror universe? Can an empire that is built upon conquest actually survive? We should rethink the way we look at the success of a civilization or not. You know, these are all the good ideas that that episode let us land on. I think if you fast forward to enterprise and that's all you ever did again is let the crew from enterprise via the the Tholian web discover this other uh, parallel universe, fine. It's doing the same thing the Trials and Tribulations did. We're going to go play in that space for a minute, but then we're going to get out of there.
0: Right, but then you come across like Deep Space Nine, and and like I said, Deep Space Nine was the biggest kind of uh, trespasser into the mirror universe, if you will. Yeah. And and it kind of becomes, uh, at that point, uh, a very overused trope. Kind of like, and I was talking to Jim about this too, about uh, the ease in which from TOS to next gen into the movies and all that, that time travel just happens. It just yeah. happens. Yeah. Like, oh, Flick of a switch. You need to yeah. go back in time and save someone else? Easy. Shoot, <laughs> slingshot around the sun, and you'll be back in time. Uh, right. No. That's not how any of this works. Everybody
1: uh, knows you got to have Superman fly around the world backwards. That's the only way it works. <laughs> That's the
2: only way. Hey, okay, now wait, Jim, let me ask you, uh, because we are talking about Superman. Uh, the, one of the things that popped in my head was Bizarro and how, yeah. you know, Bizarro is the Superman equivalent of the quote-unquote parallel the or Mirror. alternate yeah, universe. Mirror Absolutely. And again, here's a character that has been used over and over and over again, and I feel like his utility is very limited. You know, if you have a guy who every day he wakes up and goes off to kill people (laughs) or, you know, and do the opposite of what Superman would do... Me, I'm superhero! Right, right. This becomes untenable very quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, this can't go on much longer, and yet somehow he does.
0: I, w- I was just going to say, it's kind of like that uh, that uh, thought process from the Lord of the Rings. I feel thin, sort of stretched, like butter scraped over too much bread. Uh-huh.
2: uh-huh. Uh, it, it,
0: just an idea spread entirely too thin. Which, right. if you look at it, right. was kind of like the Hobbit movies. Uh, you know, a nice idea <laughs> spread over three
1: movies. But, you know, that's yeah. a it. So. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. But,
0: yeah. Uh, what were you going to say,
1: Jim? Well, I was just was thinking about this before we we started this thing up and it, it it's sort of like it almost feels to me like when something happens because obviously uh, john's entire podcast is the the, the the thrust of it is let's let's look at how resonant and how relevant these themes are that they touched on in, in, in mm-hmm. the various trek series coming up through here We're relevant to the zeitgeist are relevant going forward what do they teach us about ourselves what are the three m's and, and just sort of looking at what can we learn from this episode of what they were trying to say about a human nature and how it applies to what was happening at the time and how we can learn from it going forward. So I kind of think like, because the entire idea of Trek is we are in the future, we, there are still issues, but we're living largely in a an utopian society. We all, mm-hmm. we have equality among the Federation. Um, you know, everybody gets along. We've eliminated things like greed and currency and all this, but because the mirror universe gives us an opportunity to explore, the flip side of that, the the baser nature of of, of the human condition, of uh, mm-hmm. sort of selfishness and and uh, opportunism and all that, I think any time that that something might have happened that inspired a given episode, these are the themes we're going to deal with in this episode. I don't know how it works in the writers' room, but if there, it would seem to me as though here are the themes we would like to explore. It's probably a conversation that happens pretty often. So I would think any time anything happens in society where where somebody or there's a an attitude going around, like say. I don't know about fifty percent of the country uh, thinking that horse medicine and uh, 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 sort of South American antiviral is better than CDC and and FDA approved you That's know It's crazy. Uh, Jim, no one would think that. I uh, mean, it's far fetched, but no. So I think
0: in <laughs> returning
1: to that mirror universe well of saying, okay. There are things happening in society right now that writer X or writer Y got fed up with, like somebody cut me off in traffic, people are selfish assholes. I know, let's go mm-hmm. back to the Mirror Universe and talk about how it's not good to be selfish and then sort of cluck our tongues at these other people that live on the other side of the the reality barrier and yeah. show how the utopian society that we're trying to work towards with this 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 show, this universe in over several different series Is a better way to go than that asshole cutting me off in traffic so we'll have you know Mm -hmm. something happen in the mirror universe that sort of parallels why people are bastards and why we're trying to move past that
2: see I'm glad that you brought all that up because that that made me think of my kind of thought exercises when uh, Kevin introduced me to this episode or invited me to come join you for this episode which is okay there's a much bigger problem with the mirror universe when it comes to Star Trek if all we had done is dipped in in TOS and left entirely to the audience's conjecture of how that universe got there and what happens next, we're just there for that 48 minutes of the the TV show. Fine. That, That might've been able to exist in Star Trek history and we leave it alone and we never go there again. But the problem is, as soon as you introduce all this detail and added history, it forces the audience to wonder, well, How did they get there and how did they end up there? And to me, this entirely undermines Star Trek Mm. because the message, the, the overall message of Star Trek is, look, if you put aside the petty things that divide you as humanity, if you actually work together for a common good, if you decide today that you can stop being aggressive and fight in wars. If you can decide that everybody has equal worth and equal value. If, if you, you can decide... decide to get the
1: vaccine and protect your family, friends, and neighbors.
2: Exactly, so if you decide that you can use the resources available to you to help others, okay, then this is the future you get to have and that future starts now, right. okay? So that, that is the overall message, the overall aspirational message of Star Trek, right? But when you introduce a mirror universe that also has an enterprise, that also has intergalactic travel, that also has transporters, that also has all of this stuff, it undermines that idea of you know Gene Rodberry and all the other writers, producers saying, No, 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 you don't get to have all that stuff right? Exactly. unless you figure your shit out now. Exactly. You know? I, and I
0: had that exact yeah. same thought process, too, because a lot mm-hmm. of the technology is very, very similar. Uh, a lot of the yeah. uh, uh, developmental pace, I guess, is, is yeah. very, very similar. Uh, it seems like up uh, to uh, Zephyrm Cochran and, and his uh, Phoenix flight that brought in the Vulcans and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it all matches, like, almost shot for shot, note for note, uh, time-wise, which makes no goddamn sense.
2: No, if there's. No. I mean,
0: we should not have, like you said, we should not have the ability to have nice things if we can't be <laughs> unless nice we behave ourselves
2: and behave yeah, right, ourselves right, right. right it yeah. makes
1: no Wait a minute. Sense. So those guys are opportunistic, backstabbing, evil bastards. And they still get to have starships. What the fuck have I been behaving myself for?
2: <laughs> I know, right? right, right. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I kind of I, I look at it that way, and I just go like, uh, uh, okay, you're you're absolutely shooting yourselves in the foot here. There is another way to do this if you want the mirror universe or multiple mirror universes to be a thing, you could either go the direction of saying, look we progressed along this route but there is this one faction or is it, there's this one place that went wrong so at least we, we have somewhat parallel in the understanding of technology and why certain people are there as opposed to others right or. You just got to wipe it all out and start over and you got to say no 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 an alternate universe is truly alternate and it bears no resemblance to what we have now but it is a cheap bit of well i mean let's face it mirror mirror it originally was a cheap bit of making a bottle show right by taking the same sets and slapping up a logo <laughs> to make it look different and slapping a goatee on spock you don't have to have a lot of guest stars. You don't have to have a lot of new effects or new locations. You do it all on the existing stuff, fine. But with modern production techniques, if you're going to say that we have an alternate universe, make it alternate. Right. Make it truly different. Right. Uh, I, don't, I don't
0: want to see the Shenzo look exactly like the Shenzo from our
2: universe. If, but it's got a knife through it. Yeah. Right, okay, yeah. 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 Make some difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I thought Santa
1: um, wouldn't bring us presents if we didn't behave ourselves. Why do you guys get a ship?
0: <laughs>
2: right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah,
0: I so... mean, I, I'm glad you brought that up because, I mean, that's such a huge component of this that a lot of people don't think of because they get trapped in the in the, the mindset of, oh, here's just another friend jaunt into uh, uh, mm-hmm. this, this alternate universe. It's like, oh, well, isn't it cool to see uh, Major Kira as a A sex pot, or isn't it cool to see, you know, Miles O'Brien have a little sack for once and actually be a leader, (laughs) instead of (laughs) a poor, just yeah, uh, I don't know, whatever you want to call what he has. Instead of Keiko's whipping boy, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, oh, isn't it great? Oh, look, Julian punched a guy. Wow, cool. He's not the 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 mousy kind of nerd that he is in our reality. Okay, you can only carry this. Uh, the controller opposite can yeah. see far enough before it just wears entirely too thin. And,
2: and, as, I, and if that if that mirror universe started four hundred years, five hundred years before that episode takes place, why do, do we have a Cisco? People, they would not exist. Yeah. they would not exist. Yeah. And,
0: and and they carry that through into Discovery as well because I mean, and and we'll talk about the promotions, the way they get promoted in that universe here in a minute, but. Uh, sure. we've got an alternate version of the shenzo uh, we got an alternate version mm-hmm. of the discovery uh we've got an alternate version of yeah, you know, blah 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 but we've got well, i mean like you got this one of my favorite characters in star trek discovery and, and my daughter loves her my daughter's 10 and mm-hmm. so this character just resonates with her is uh ensign tilly
2: absolutely uh, mary wiseman mary She's wiseman awesome. is brilliant
0: yeah. in this role and yeah. she. And in fact, most notably, dropped the first swear word on Star Trek because it's, <laughs> right. it's not network aired Star Trek, and uh, right, and it was brilliant, and and I love it, and and my daughter has this character that even she can look up to because if Tilly can do this, so could she, you know, and yeah, and uh, we, me and Jim, have always made no bones about how much we really love representational media, and now what they're doing yep. with uh, you know with uh, Blue de and Ian and, and doing mm-hmm. all of that stuff. I mean, you can mm-hmm. literally find yourself anywhere you are in Trek, and as uh, a product of the 60s as, as Trek was and a product of the 80s as Next Gen was, uh, I, I'd like to think that Gene would have uh, come to, to appreciate uh, the types of inclusivity that they're working with. Um, yeah. yeah, totally. But, I mean, and we're right back to where we are looking at exactly the opposites again. It's It's just a... a a cheap conceit to see the opposite. I mean, I did enjoy seeing uh, Captain Killy, uh, which was mm-hmm. uh, Tilly's uh, alternate in the Mirror Universe. But
2: uh, Well, I, I want to take it back to DS9 real quick before yeah, yeah. we get because there's a lot to explore with uh, uh, sure. Discovery for sure. But I was just thinking about DS9 and how they spent so much time there. And I'm looking at all of these uh, episodes, Crossover Through the Looking Glass, Shattered Mirror, and I kept coming away from these thinking, this is an opportunity to play dress up. Yeah, and that's really what it is. is this is yeah. like, we're gonna change our characters. And I get it that that's fun for you, that that's fun for you, the actors, to be able to not be the same character week after week. Cool, good on you. But what is actually at the heart of the story that we're gonna tell here? And to me, the only redeeming, interesting thing that came out of any of that, which they botched entirely was the existence of jennifer cisco i was in just gonna timeline. mention
0: the the interaction between jake and jennifer yes because, because yes. for those of you who don't know jim uh jake cisco <laughs> jake cisco uh his mother died before deep space nine even started pilot episode of deep space nine mm-hmm. uh, jennifer cisco dies when the saratoga is destroyed at wolf 359 uh, which are all words that mean nothing to you, Jim, but I'm sorry I'm going to say them anyway. Uh, Who's picking on me? He was like, I want to say he was like 10, 12 years old, or 10 maybe yeah. at the time. Yeah, and, and by the time Deep Space Nine actually truly gets its start, it's two years later, he's like 12 years old. So, mm-hmm. uh, But he's uh, one of the greatest things about, and I've made no bones about uh, uh, Deep Space Nine being my Trek. We all have our Trek, the Trek that got us... Mm-hmm deep and hooked and, and everything like that and, and deep space nine was it for me uh cisco as a flawed human being uh was a great example of a lot of things and one of the greatest things he was an example of was a single father trying to do right by his kid uh mm-hmm. in the asshole end of the galaxy but um he grew up without his mother's influence past a certain age and so for the mere universe to bring in uh, their version of Jennifer Cisco it allowed them to have or gave them the opportunity to try to have this kind of bonding experience for Jake, which he would not have normally gotten. And like you yeah. said, they kind of just botched the whole thing. I mean, it, yeah. they, they handled it in such a heavy-handed way, it was just it was so hard to pull anything you wanted from that. And, and I like Yeah, I mean, there's something
2: that. Yeah. well, yeah, I mean, there's something profoundly interesting about this idea that you know do you have the chance to go home again do you have the chance to recreate a relationship um, especially you know this Jennifer Cisco had none of the same attachments that uh, Ben or Jake did so does she in the parallel universe have the desire for this other kind of life given a taste of it are Ben and Jake even remotely receptive to the idea? Could they see trying to make this to happen? Or is this all fantasy world and they have to come to the realization that it can't? Um, you know, there, there's something really deep that they could have gotten into there, particularly about the loss of Jake's mother. You know, that this is a a profoundly uh, shaping moment in his life. But they spent the rest of the time playing dress-up. <laughs> and it, all, it always became about... The thing it came about the object or who's double crossing whom, who's got the sexy costume this week, and then we're off. Usually, Nana and or Nana, yeah, well, of course, of course, Nana, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> um, hey, I mean, Sid looked good with the beard, you know, he, he, he's a very sexy man, you know, he is indeed, he is indeed, <laughs> uh, he is indeed yeah.
0: but. Uh, yeah, it's like you say uh, and, and and that a lot of that carries over to what we have with uh, Discovery as well. Is yeah. it's just an opportunity for okay, so we've got Mousy Little Tilly. Uh let's see what happens when we make her a badass or you know, right. we've got uh, very measured, very uh disciplined Michelle Yeoh playing uh Philippa Georgiou. What happens when we make her a ruthless emperor, you know? Mhm. Um Mhm. The only real interesting bit that we got out of that, and I still find, and I still contend that this was actually an interesting story, I just wish they'd handled it a bit differently, uh, is that uh, our version of uh, Gabriel Lorca, Captain Lorca of the Discovery, was not Gabriel Lorca from Prime Universe, he was Gabriel Lorca from the Mirror Universe. And right. I feel like there was so much left untapped that they could have done with that, that they just kind yeah, but, of shoehorned into the end of the season.
2: Because he is not a character without redemption. You know, uh, like, yes, everybody in the Mirror Universe is ruthless. Everybody is trying to, you know, kill the next guy and take power, or whatever. But, but, they were clever in playing with the audience's allegiance and making Lorca somewhat Likeable. appealing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of an asshole, but he's also kind of likable. And he's you played by see Jason him, he, Isaacs. you got to love him, you know? Yeah, he's just so good, you know? Uh, but even in the Mirror Universe, you would have to ask yourself, well, well, wait a minute, between these two bad choices, Lorca and Giorgio, is there actually something redeemable about one or the other of these to keep them in power? Where should my loyalties be? given that these are the two people vying for power. And then uh, Burnham becomes kind of a wild card in there because uh, uh, Giorgio loves her like a daughter. Um, But the trouble is we spent so much time there and made it about the internal politics of the mirror universe, it stopped having any relevance to what was going on in our own universe, but our own characters that we actually care about.
0: Right, because at that um, point in the show, we're deeply, deeply embroiled in this Klingon or Klingon Federation war, and uh, up until that point in the, uh, uh, the mythology of Discovery, uh, we've got uh, Burnham, who is essentially a traitor, and mm-hmm. having to uh, serve on this starship with people who don't like her, people who don't trust her, and yeah. and having to try and redeem herself from all of this, and that's a really compelling story. That's a really interesting way to go with it. And then all of a sudden, for the latter half of the season, we're we're sidelined with mirror universe antics that uh, all it does and it, 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 all it does is sideline us from the main drive of the story. So It takes them out of that, that Federation-Klingon war, makes it all about the mirror universe conceit, and then we have yeah. to kind of pick up the pieces when we get back from that.
2: I'll, I'll give them this one other thing that I think they... It, it, it's the most fascinating reason to have the mirror universe there, but I think they botched it, and that is, how do you take a character like Philippa, Empress Philippa Giorgio and make her redeemable given how awful she is yeah, in her own universe savage, right and- yeah so they they spent a long time in our universe when they finally you know brought her over to the other side trying to okay yeah like every other thing is a snarky comment every other thing is about how she kill anybody for uh, you know less of a reason in her own universe right that played on entirely too long but you finally wrapped it up you finally wrapped it up in the two, uh, terra firma uh, one and two, where you figured out the point of all of that, which is, can you take somebody that awful and given the right influence, given the right circumstance, given the right opportunity, actually make them see that they could be a change for good, that, that they could actually have some positive impact. To me, that is a very Star Trek message, or at least a very Star Trek way to explore a character. The problem is they took so damn long to get there, <laughs> and it was such a convoluted way to get there that it felt a little anticlimactic by the time we arrived.
0: Yeah, you get to a certain they, point where you're like, yeah. well, why do I care anymore? Yeah,
2: you know? if yeah. they figured out how to do all of that in six or seven episodes from the time we met Giorgio, Cool. You know, but instead it took three seasons and multiple excursions into the mirror universe, and I I just, I would have rather like, okay, use this very difficult character. Can we get, and we, the audience, seeing ourselves in the crew of Discovery, seeing ourselves in the better nature of Starfleet and the Federation, can we see past the terribleness of our enemies? to actually try to make them better, rather than just decide, oh, they need to be killed, they, we just need to defeat the bad guy, then we get to move on.
1: Art imitates you know? life, and there is this idea in any conflict, especially large-scale uh, military-industrial-complex complex war sort of conflicts, To demonize the other, to remove their humanity, Mm -hmm. to say, hey, they just belong to Group X, here's the characteristics of of Group X. We can stereotype them by saying they're not like us, either in their lifestyle, their religious practices, their mode of dress, their language, whatever it is that they do. So, sort of psychologically breaking down a combatant, a soldier, by saying, the person that we're going to send you out in the field to go kill isn't really human at all. They're so different from you as to be completely alien. So, yes. you know, yeah. it's sort of like it all ties back into that idea, like how if we just all sat down at, at a table and just had some food and maybe had some coffee or whatever, or whatever they drink, whatever you drink, and just sort of try to come to some kind of understanding, you probably wouldn't want to kill each other, but you're just a soldier, yeah. you're just a foot soldier, you're on the battlefield, you're following orders, the higher-ups are sitting in tents or maybe even back at the Pentagon or whatever, and just the, the, the orders are flowing down, and if you don't do what you're told to do, then... You have a court martial waiting for you when you get back to base. But the the the, yeah. s- the history books are full of stories about like the um, the uh, German and I think it was UK combatants who were fighting over Christmas and they called a ceasefire yeah. a ceasefire a cease truce the they Day came together and yeah, yeah, yeah Christmas Day armistice yeah. and they sort of exchanged yeah. um you know gifts to each other and, and they shook hands and then as soon as it wasn't Christmas anymore they went back to their individual yeah. trenches and kept on lobbing grenades and right. that's yeah. just really <laughs> very very. Infrequently, it, do you have people who actually really have problems with each other on a personal level who are supposed to be out there killing each other? And, of course, this is a, a very uh, prescient sort of an idea to, to, to be kicking mm-hmm. around on the eve of us trying to finally, after 20-plus years, extract ourselves from the quagmire of Afghanistan, the graveyard of vampires. Um, not yeah. that I want to necessarily tie everything back to current events, but Trek does, so what the fuck? It does, um, yeah, <laughs> But, totally. yeah, this this idea of we ha- yeah. we must demonize the other rather than try to... To appeal to their better angels and their humanity, and try and make them a better person, um, you know that that really is sort of the fundamental uh, bridge between our universe. Our universe, of course, being the, mm-hmm. the standard track universe, and the mirror universe. Um, what they're doing is fine for them, or is it, or should we, what is our right to hold them to our way of doing things, and why, is, why do we consider our way of doing things better? I mean, it kind of objectively is because we're not hurting people, and we're not really we're just trying guy, to, right. to spread, yeah, yeah d- democracy yeah. and <laughs> understanding and all that, but, you know, <laughs> nobody ever went to team. war thinking they were the bad guy, <laughs> you know, nobody okay, ever but, but went but to war thinking they were evil.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And everything you just said is so inherently at the heart of what Star Trek did in this tradition going back to the 60s when the, the cultural parallel was about the Vietnam War and about the Cold War. And and how do you see the quote unquote enemy as somebody who has redeemable qualities, who has some humanity that can and should be respected and realize at the end of the day it is your choice, it is your decision to either continue to see them as enemies Or actually stop the course of action that just leads to more and more war and I love this idea that you know given the mirror universe given the prime universe or the the standard universe that they actually would be able to ask themselves some really good questions that went totally unexplored here which is as you just put Jim how can we look at the mirror universe? We, the, the Starfleet standard, you know, how can we look yeah. at the mirror universe and decide, okay, is there an objective morality a question here? Mm-hmm. Why are we better? Why are they worse or failing? What is our obligation? If there is one to step in, given that we're here now, or are they, they're, they're in our universe. Now, do we have an obligation to step in? And how do we actually have that meeting of minds in the middle? To say, well, okay, we're here, we've crossed paths, we're at opposite ends of philosophical, cultural, social beliefs <laughs> about how yeah. the universe operates, but we actually have to make this tenable. We actually have to figure this out, or we're both going to die in the process. Right. Yeah. You know?
1: Everybody thinks their way of life is the way that life should be because it is based on their upbringing, their conditioning, their basis of reference. And, you know, nobody picked up a gun and went to war thinking, eh, maybe they're right, but I don't know, I'm going to go maybe see if I can't Mm -hmm. kill a couple of them. Everybody goes into war, every enemy combatant, uh, whether we're their enemy or they're ours, um, Mm -hmm. goes to war with the attitude that I'm trying to preserve my way of life from being destroyed by somebody who would take it away from me if given the opportunity. And So, yeah, that objective morality thing, it definitely raises a lot of questions about, see, why do we think our way is the best way? Why do we think we have the right, whether that's, being in Starfleet, whether that's being um, an American combatant going to another uh, country to do some Empire building, whether that's a, a religious missionary going to bring some soup and some Bibles to some you know uncontacted tribe in South America, what is it that gives you the hubris? What is it that gives you the right to say my way of life is so much better than whatever it is that you're up to that I'm going to take it upon myself to convert you to it?
0: I think and that's that... why they make the Mirror Universe such a uh, a blatant kind of. Example of oppositism, I guess it's uh, so yeah. obviously <laughs> wrong or whatever it's it's yeah, right because right, they, right we have to have something that's demonstrably evil. it has to have yep. that goatee, it's got to be the evil version because we have to be the stalwart champions we have to be the the prime example, we have to be the good guys, if you will, and so everything on this other mirror universe, I think maybe that's why they stuck with the conceit of uh, everything is matchy matchy. Uh, Technology-wise, and, and advancement-wise, and this, that, or the other thing—they're just like because, us, except for this one fundamental difference right. of, of motivation <laughs> right. and attitude. We, we've got right. to show how our way is so much more fundamentally responsible. Or, uh, but for the grace of Starfleet, we would
1: have been them. <laughs>
0: right, <laughs> right, exactly that. And, and I, well, and, oh, go ahead. No.
2: Oh, I would say what, what, what I really like about that is this idea that you know, kind of like I was talking about before that. You don't get to get those things unless you decide. <laughs> well, we're going to work for the good. We're going to work for the betterment of each other. Um, and and that uh, that is that end scene in Mirror Mirror. That is Prime Universe Kurt leaving Alternate Universe Spock with this question. And and it gets back to this uh, idea about okay, can we see objectively a moral standard here? Because you're trapped in this. Cultural context that says no, no, no. What you do is you kill to get ahead. As long as you have the weapons, as long as you have the strength, then you are right. Might makes right. Right, right. And and what Kirk is challenging the Spock uh, to see is that there is a logical failure in that idea. So if you have even half the logic that Prime Universe Spock has, you're going to get it. That constantly escalating. To this point, will only ultimately lead to your destruction. So, logically, you have to work for the thing that is mutually beneficial to all. And I, I, it's such a perfect message to leave to the audience to say, Yeah, look, there are probably some of you in this audience right now that thinks that, oh, an arms escalation is a good idea. We should have troops on the ground in all of these places uh, to fight the commies or whatever, right? Because that's how we do it. Mike makes right. We have to have the bigger guns. We have to have more troops. We have to have this. But the challenge at the end of that is to say, no, 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 step back. The objective morality is that that will fail. That will ultimately fail You may win that battle, you may win that war, but you will find yourself doing it again and again and again at a different location with a different enemy until you figure out that there is another way to do things.
0: Right, and, and that's exactly the same thing with uh, we talk. We talk we made jokes about the fact that uh, they advance in rank through murder and uh, uh, right, and, and just how untenable that really would be. Because, okay, so what was the crew complement of Enterprise NCC-1701? Uh, that was uh, 430. 430 Both. people.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and in Mirror Mirror, we get to see a couple of different opportunistic uh, crew members, including Sulu, uh, mm-hmm. who try to, again, might makes right, take over, kill uh, who they think is their Captain Kirk gone weak, uh, who's in actuality our Captain Kirk. And, yep. uh, uh, and the only way Kirk really gets out of that is... He promises this other crew member advancement and a position and a promotion and, and he's oh, he sees, you know, it's like a, a wealthy guy seeing dollar signs in front of his eyes. He sees opportunity uh, right, and seizes it right? like a Ferengi yeah, yeah. with a slip of latinum.
1: But- <laughs> well, you know, uh, sci-fi has always kind of had a, a pretty good lens on the future. I mean, there's uh, the famous Carl Sagan quote that said the nuclear arms race is like two sworn enemies standing waist-deep in gasoline, one with three matches, the other with five. Um, yeah. You know, it's just its universally yeah, uh, mutually yeah, yeah, assured yeah. destruction where you're just kind of standing there looking at each other, you know, wondering yeah. who's going to strike that first match and, and make sure that everybody just burns up in the process.
2: Right.
0: And I was right. reading a lot of the Mirror Universe comics because, I mean, I, I, I mm-hmm. told Jim, I said, I have a, a membership now to Comicology on Amazon, their little... Uh, streaming comic site uh, thing and Mm -hmm. they had a bunch of the mirror universe comics attached to Discovery up for a while and so I was reading through those and there was one sort of next generation because we didn't really get any exploration of the mirror universe with next gen and maybe that was a good thing
2: although you know what the closest next gen came was yesterday's Enterprise Mm -hmm. where you you have this idea okay what happens when this one incident in this one battle That is not that far off. It was like, you know, 50 years prior or something like that. Right. uh, The Enterprise C. Maybe a little less. The Enterprise C. Yeah. And and then that shows, okay, logically now we understand why the technology is what it is because it was just this one incident in this one place with this one ship that changed and it made the Federation more warlike than it was for peaceful exploration. Cool. That all made a lot of sense. And those changes then made sense. And then, you got out of it <laughs> you know and and we got Cela out of it so and you got Cela out of it and yeah there there was a lot that worked in that episode so yeah
0: and, and maybe again and 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 I hate to kind of circle it back to the same thing we keep talking about but maybe that's mm-hmm. the issue that we have with this mirror universe and it's like I said at the beginning we have this awesome conceit we have this awesome idea of a way to do a bit of self-examination, a way to do a mm-hmm. bit of introspective thinking about who we are, our place in the universe, our right
1: to be. Objective versus relative morality.
0: Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And like you said that was really good for that one instance when we had, you know, Prime Prime Kirk talking to Mir Spock and 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 trying to set forth that idea that you can be better. It does not mm-hmm. have to be like this and that as a standalone message, that would have been brilliant, but like we said, they, they kind of kept going back and going back and diluting it and diluting it and diluting it until it was just another cheap method of playing dress-up. Well, yeah, like I think I said, like John said, where it, it no, becomes ahead, a man. real...
1: Um, it, it, it becomes it undermines the message somewhat to see, we keep on popping back to this mirror universe and we keep on seeing that they have all the same technology we do, so what was all this altruism for? But it also kind of undermines the message right. if, like in the first ever episode, when, you know, Kirk's... Uh, Uh, talking to mirror Spock and saying you can be better and then how many times do we dip back into that universe and clearly the message never
2: takes it it didn't work that also undercuts the overall message it does it does yeah every time
1: we go back there they're still up to the same shit no matter how many times you try and if gently Uh, suggest maybe they could be better if they'd be a little bit less selfish and a little bit less opportunistic and a little bit less I guess evil uh you know in in a couple years we're gonna be right back there and, and nothing has changed
2: Right. There they go, just slapping their logo on everything still, you know. Yeah. Well,
1: and they tried to
0: touch on that a little bit, I think, in uh, Deep Space Nine. they kind of tried to, uh, Cisco uh, tried to add a little bit of the positive aspects of the Federation into the resistance, the Terran resistance. Uh, but, I mean, by and large, again, it, 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 it's too little too late at that point. And, and so Well,
2: it's, it's like Star Wars, you know, but between the original trilogy and the new trilogies, it, it, it's like, uh, oh, okay, well, we had the Star Wars, we had the good guys win, oh, guess what, we're, we're all just, we're back to square one, I guess everybody's just fighting again, the bad guy has a black mask and a cloak, bunch of white stormtroopers, we're just... Yeah, guy. It was just thirty years ago. We're doing it again. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. Oh. John wanted
0: to get controversial today. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn. It's a Star Wars sequel. Okay.
2: <laughs>
0: no, you're absolutely right. And there's and there's a lot of people who call that a retread too, and 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 for a lot of good yeah. reasons. It's a lot yeah. of the same story plot points just brought back up and rehashed and told in a different way, uh, but it feels very familiar, and and. Well, it's like yeah, when they're doing the
1: newsreel footage at the beginning of the original Incredibles. No
0: matter how many times you save the world, it always manages to get back in jeopardy again. I mean, sometimes I just want it
1: to stay saved, you know? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. And
0: so it's like, I get it. I, I it's a conceit that just kind of wears thin after a while. And I've been talking with, uh, I've been me, me, my kids and, and my my wife. We've been watching all the new Star Trek, and they're, they're con. My wife's a recent convert to Star Trek. She's not been. Uh, brought up in it her parents like watched a little bit of next gen back in the day but there she was never really uh brought up in that like i was holy Mm -hmm. shit not at all and so that's been homework but uh we've been watching all the new track we've been watching uh uh lower decks and and discovering all that and so uh uh, we, we watched picard and and she saw the teaser for picard season two and she sees q and God ah, damn it. And I'm like, what, what, what? It's cool. They got Q coming back. John Delansky's amazing. I hate Q. <laughs> and I get it. I was talking to her about it. And we tapped into the idea of why. And it's the same problem. Q seemed uh-huh. to be a conceit that was taken and stretched too far. Too far. Until yeah. the point where it's, it's just comedy. Oh, he shows up on Deep Space Nine and Ben gets to punch him in the face. Uh, he shows yeah. up on Voyager and tries to hit on Captain Janeway. Look at
1: that! Watch out! And and yeah. I mean, and where does he go in between? He's just chilling in some kind of interdimensional cocktail yeah. lounge with the great Gazoo and Mister Mixoplex. Thinking what they can fuck up next.
2: <laughs> Pretty much,
1: <laughs> I think so.
2: But, but see, and that all of that is what makes a show like Lower Decks so good.
0: Absolutely, because
2: the the, the opposite approach is that Lower Decks is doing twenty two minutes of. Comedy jokes, references, Easter eggs, blah, blah, blah. And you watch it, and that's all in your face. And then at the end, you go, oh, wait a minute. They actually told a story that had to do with the characters being better than their own limitations, learning to get along, learning to excel. Like They did all of this stuff, and yet they couched it all in ridiculous comedy. And it's actually figuring out what the heart of that Star Trek message could and should be. And then all the other stuff is just the window dressing. You know? Yeah. Whereas when you do. And, and look. But it, part it's of a me lot of says, fun, though. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and part of me looks at the history. You know, we, we just the other day hit 800 episodes of Star Trek. So whatever with, the episode with of the Lower Decks. The latest Dex,
0: episode of Lower Decks. Yeah. Right,
2: right. That became the 800th entry in TV Star Trek. You know, not counting. The episode was we will always
0: and, have Tom
2: Paris. Yes, yes, so uh, so that that's a big landmark, and you look at that and you go, okay, that is so much content for any team of people who have been writing over 50 years. you know. And Whenever new people come in, they are burdened with the history of everything that came before them and then trying to reach an audience that will automatically reject them no matter what. Like There is so much that goes along with that I wouldn't wish on any writer. Oh, but you've done it to purpose. yourself,
0: too. Think of it this way, <laughs> yeah. and this is something I wanted to throw at you, too. I'm insanely okay. jealous of the fact that your podcast... The Mission Log mm-hmm. Podcast, you're set. You could do this <laughs> show oh ad God. infinitum until the end yes. of time because yes. uh, you are at episode 400 and... Uh, what's the latest episode number? Do you know? 416,
2: four 415? Four four yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: slightly more down. than halfway there.
2: All, all right. 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 Right, exactly. Uh, except for all the others that will come out. Uh, Prodigy, Picard yep, Season yep. 2, Discovery Season 4, Strange New World Season 1. Cut out yeah. for you, and, your work is. And you yeah. sta- you start... Did you just Yoda talk?
0: <laughs> Jesus.
1: Well, I mean, we're, we're bringing in a little bit of Star Wars 2 it too. I was just trying to... We, we are,
0: As we long are. as we're going to yeah.
1: mix universes and let's shake that shit up and pour ourselves yeah. out a cocktail. A nice pangalactic like gargle blaster. Why not? <laughs> but nice.
0: But, yeah, I mean, you've got your, your work set out for you. You've got... You're halfway there. You're living yeah. on a prayer. But, uh... You... i'm insanely jealous of that because it's like i have to sit and think week to week okay what are we going to talk about this week is this going to be interesting enough to hold an hour and a half long conversation about uh is this something i'm going to have to do an insane amount of research on is this something that's like going to be interesting to my listeners is this going to be something that interests my guests and 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 you you just go, okay, well, uh, looking down the list, it's uh, this episode. Here's the next one. Here's yeah, here's lucky bastard. Yeah. You, I mean, you, guys, you have set yourself up for an immense amount of, of success with this podcast. And like I said, I've listened to every single episode at this point. So I am yeah. uh, uh, a huge, huge fan. And, and I figured what Thank better you, way man. to end the Thank episode you. than to just kind of... Uh, wax your ego just a little bit with that. But. Oh, I appreciate <laughs> it. I, I will say, you know,
2: uh, we didn't really realize that when we started the show. We knew there was a lot of Star Trek, but we hadn't put it into the idea of episodes and years. And of course, in 2012, when we started it, we did not know that there would be this much new Trek. We always thought, like, oh, sure, somebody will come along and make more Star Trek, mm-hmm. but
1: there might be really, uh, another new series.
2: Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, but we didn't think there would be five, um, <laughs> all back to back. I know, right? Because we the locked goal into now, this
1: and we started running, and then these assholes keep moving the finish line on us, <laughs>
2: <laughs> right? And, and the goal is that there will always be new Trek on the air. You know, they don't want them to overlap egregiously. They want to keep them on, but the idea is that from week to week there would always be some kind of new Star Trek, and right. and good for them. But I will say this: you know, as far as the future of Mission Log. Uh, we, we have our sights set on going through Voyager and Enterprise. That was kind of the classic era ending in 2005, 2006, whenever that went off the air, I think mm-hmm. 2006. Um, but I think we really have to reapproach how we do Mission Log when it comes to the modern era of Trek, anything that is to, uh, 2017 and beyond, because they decided, the producers decided, where we're making these long story arcs in shorter seasons, 10 to 13 episode seasons, and you can't really do an episode-by-episode morals, meanings, messages. There's a lot, like what we're doing here, there's a lot that we can do retrospectively and go, here's a theme, here's an idea that deserves some level of analysis. But uh, we're going to have to have some talks about this when we get there and, and figure out, are we doing chunks of series like we take the first season of discovery and do that in say three podcasts you know break them up into into chapters like that and then at the end of that figure out okay what is the central idea that we can take away from this season because that season is a chapter in a book right you know yeah um strange new worlds will be different because it will be much more episodic Right. So we might be able to get back to the uh, the, the mission log format a little bit with that, but in the meantime, you know, we got the live show going to kind of handle this stuff week to week, and it's yeah. fun to just have listeners call in and say, "I love this," "I hated this," I, you know, that's that's fair.
0: We just got a text message from my wife from the other room. I fucking hate Q. Apparently, <laughs> apparently she can hear us. So, uh, apologies to John Delancey. John, I think you're swell. But he's uh, so John great is great. Talent.
2: John is awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and he's only ever said good things about your wife. Oh, so. well, see? <laughs> yeah. see? That's on you, Daniel. I hope
1: That's she's happy you. now. Yeah. I'm
2: making her
0: cry. But uh, well, uh, I, like I said, I, I just think it's really interesting. I'm glad we got to have this talk with you, John. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing yeah, how likewise, uh, how the mirror universe is mocked when it comes to uh lower decks because you gotta know you gotta know they're gonna and i what the hell what the hell does a mirror boimler look like i gotta know i mean we already get transported duplicate Riker boimler uh yeah love that uh, i'm really curious how they're gonna uh send up because you know they got to with all the if they're gonna take uh uh he who did the most toys or what was the name of that episode from next generation uh
2: yeah, the most toys.
0: Uh, the most toys, right, when they tried to collect yeah. data as a, as a thing and, yeah. uh, uh, and, and throw an entire episode behind that. Um,
2: I, I mean, I, look, I, they've turned they they've turned the pack leads into the most fearsome enemy <laughs> what the of hell? the 24th, early 25th century. Right? I mean, uh, yeah. They, they've you can achieve right. that.
1: You can achieve anything.
2: Yeah, yeah
0: pretty of. much. I, like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing how they lampoon the mirror universe and... And what their takeaway is it? Because we got this really cool examination, and I'm not going to go too off course here, but we got this really cool examination in this uh, one of the latest episodes when we had uh, our version of Boimler on uh, the Titan. Uh, mm-hmm. Because up to this point in Season 2, early Season 2, uh, the USS Cerritos is a very laid, not laid-back ship, but they handle second encounters. They handle second contact. Right. And so right. their missions aren't quite as critical as... Uh, those are the enterprise, the flagship of uh, the federation, or your 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 strong militaristic ships like the titan and things like that. Exactly. And so uh, we get this more laid-back approach. We get this uh, ability to kind of poke fun and and take a look at all these old tropes that they've tackled with uh, TOS and next generation kind of missions. Uh, right. Yeah. Things like Landru or things like uh, the Gary Mitchell syndrome and. And things like that. But then we also get this take with uh, Boimler where everything on the Titan, because it's under the command of Will Riker, everything on the mm-hmm. Titan is go, 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 and fight and rah, rah, and, and <laughs> phasers blasting and gung-ho. and And, that's, and, and we yeah. get this like, three-minute Kirk speech, if you want to call it that, from Boimler who talks about that's not why I signed up for Star Trek. Or, or yes. That's not why I signed up for Starfleet, Certainly. I signed up because yeah. of exploration, and that's what I like to do, and and, and we get to really kind of have that conversation about old Trek versus new Trek uh, right. in this whimsical kind of fashion, couched in comedy, couched in tongue-in-cheek humor, but but it really is kind of the, the message that we're getting nowadays uh, with people who, oh, I like mm-hmm. my Trek the Classic Trek, or I like what they're doing with New Trek, and, and we get to have these conversations. So when it comes to something like the mirror universe, I wonder if we'll get to see that uh, kind of alt universe fatigue uh, that we discuss yeah. in this episode. And so,
2: I'm curious. Oh, I, I want lower. I, I want lower decks yeah. to skewer it. Completely. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely.
1: As a total yeah. mood and subject whiplash. Speaking of Trek, that's couched in comedy. We finally have finished. Uh, we, we've wrapped shooting on the third season, possibly the final one of the Orville. So finally. that should be fun. Yeah, that, that's right.
2: That's right. That yeah. was said,
1: uh, they had to take two giant breaks for, for COVID, and uh, Seth MacFarlane yeah. finally just came out about two weeks ago, and so we finally put a button on season three. Uh, wow. And he was intending to make that the final season, but uh, I guess we'll see what happens, because he apparently, like any good creator, left a little sequel hook at the end of his statement, and said, well, you know, we might, be, I hope we can all find a way for us to head back into space. But for now, we're just, you know, heading out on a, on a high note for season three. Alright, okay, Hulu. Nice. Hulu, start throwing money
0: at it. <clears throat> yeah. Just lob cash at Seth MacFarlane until he comes back I, for I mean, four. look,
2: that—that that is the great thing about uh, everything being on a streaming platform these days. Is you can pick yeah. up a show, you can move it from place to place, you can revive it, you can do short runs. The bar of success is not as high, so you, you can do a show like Orville and give it a couple of years off and then come back and do another season. I, Absolutely. That's yeah, the, the, this is sort of the golden age of being able to produce like that, and it, it's why Star Trek can have five series in development, or you know, in various stages of production. You could not have done that even ten years ago, much less twenty or thirty years ago. Hey, if they can bring uh, back
1: Will and Grace, if they can bring back Mad About You, if they can bring back uh, Murphy Brown, right. they can sure as hell bring back The Orville after a couple years if, if there's a need and desire to do it. Exactly. I agree. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to thank you, John, uh, for coming on our podcast again and having this lovely conversation with us. Uh, for all thank of our you. listeners, why don't you let them know where they can find work you do, the fine work that you do?
2: Sure, yeah. Uh, there are a lot of shows that I have my fingers in if you go to com. Uh, the main shows that I do there are going to be Mission Log, Mission Log Live, The Trek Files, and Sci Fi 5. A lot of other shows to discover there as well, but podcast.roddenberry.com, that is the central hub and will help you find uh, all of our socials and all of the platforms where you can find those shows.
0: Absolutely. And if you love Star Trek like I love Star Trek, like, like uh, John loves Star Trek, and like Jim barely knows Star Trek, uh, give a. Fight <laughs> like me! <laughs> give, give a listen. Uh, jump into Mission Log. Find your favorite episode of Star Trek. Uh, jump into Mission Log. Listen to them. Take, take it and break it apart and look and examine it and 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 find the 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 nuggets of morsels of wisdom in 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 great or not in uh, these episodes and 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 you'll you'll probably be as hooked as I am. I mean, I've really enjoyed getting to sit there and listen to uh, something that I love broken down in such a, a meaningful and impactful way. And it really does make me examine each episode uh, in turn in a different way and and, and with a different set of eyes. And and I do appreciate that about what you do. Uh, Well, I just want to say for the record
1: that, like, you know, uh, Star Trek is... I I put Star Trek in the same box as, like, the Beatles and Pizza. Everybody's a fan to some degree. Nobody dislikes Ah, the Beatles. Nobody dislikes Pizza. Nobody dislikes Trek. I'm just not as, like, up to my nostrils as you guys are. So I'm a little envious of your knowledge, but I've seen (laughs) Trek. I like Trek. I'm just, you know, I'm I'm not an expert.
2: That, that's the great thing about it. It's like, I always go back to, say, the Twilight Zone. It's like, yeah. there, are, there are people who have never seen a single frame of the Twilight Zone. And yet, when you say, oh, this is a very Twilight Zone kind of thing, they, they get it. They hear mm-hmm. the music, and they get it. Star Trek is the same way. You could not have seen a frame of Star Trek. And yet, you hear things like, this is a technology like it was on Star Trek. Or yep. Live Long and Prosper. Or the goatee from the right. Merry Universe. Right. You know yeah. that that's the bad guy. So those Some things, things attain have...
1: such a power in the popular culture that they sort of transcend yeah. fandom in a way. Yep,
2: absolutely. And, and there are very few franchises that manage to do that. Star Trek is one. So, yeah. I look at it as, like, uh, everybody, even if they've never seen an episode before, that's an opportunity to find the thing that you love in there. Or, not love it and tell me why, <laughs> you know? Like, and even though um, William Shatner never too. said this
1: at any point in the original series, if you stop any schmendrick on the street and say, beam me up,
2: Scotty, they're going to know what the they hell they are talking means. about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're going to know. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Well, again, we want to thank you for coming on with us today, John, and... uh uh, for all of you out there listening, we want to thank you again for, for sitting down and, and filling your ear holes with our nerdy rants. And uh, if you want to hit us up on Facebook, I would absolutely love that. We would love to interact with you. This is always meant to be a two-way conduit of conversation. You can hit us up at facebook.com forward slash fuel your fandom. You could throw us an email at gmail, which is our fuel your fandom at gmail.com.
1: And the backup Gmail address is always active, and that comes right to us as well. That is FYFTalentBooking at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at @fuelyourfandom on Twitter at @fuel_your underscore your, and every episode goes up, latest and greatest, on Fridays around 8 a.m., pacific time and that is at fuel your fandom.buzzsprout.com and from there it gets syndicated to all the fine podcast platforms and if you're listening to this chances are you know where those are already so i don't want to beat it into the ground any more than i already have but i do also want to join <laughs> kevin in thanking uh our good friend john for coming on and, and kicking some track around with us one more time and um you know it's just always a great uh, a great day when we get to have you on john
2: thank you guys i really appreciate it
1: from us to you We wanna thank you for listening and do remember
0: what we try to remind you every week that everything is fandom and fandom is everything. Take care.
1: Priority one message from Starfleet coming in
2: on secured channel. In the mirror universe, I am trying to convince the computer not to shut off life support for your podcast hosts. Or maybe that's what the other computer is trying to tell me. We're very hard to tell apart, unless you know where to look for the goatee.